the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at youtube.com slash cover three and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like. Come and join us in the chat. Very, very busy week for you here at the Cover 3 Podcast because... Of course, we're here on a Tuesday night with instant reaction to the new college football playoff rankings. We still got this one, then rivalry week, then we'll be back for another Tuesday, then championship week, then on Sunday, December 4th, we will have our final college football playoff rankings, the ones that will set in motion the semifinals in the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl to ultimately decide the national championship. Georgia is still your number one. Ohio State, two. Michigan, three. TCU, four. No changes there. USC is up to number five after that big win against no. UCLA. No. No. Oh. LSU's at five. LSU's at five. I just came straight off CBS Sports HQ doing the preview. LSU oh. is at five. USC is at six. Oh, that is not good. <laughs> Welcome. LSU at, five, LSU at five, USC at six, Alabama at seven, Clemson at eight. Am I am I still correct? You're now? still there, yeah. All right, uh, Clemson at eight, Oregon at nine, Tennessee at ten. Tennessee, mm-hmm. of course, dropping from number five to number ten. Um, they really moved LSU into five. Yes, LSU with at two losses, one of them by twenty seven points. Is the they put LSU the at five? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. It's got a close loss to the number 10 team. No, oh, number no, 16 loss. team. Oh, yeah, Florida it's got State. a 27-point loss to the number 10 team, but it did beat the number 7 team. Mm. And that's all that matters. Because, again, Chip, what have I mentioned here many, many times about losses in the SEC? Mm. <laughs> losses in the SEC are worth more than wins anywhere else. Mm. So... The selection committee could have done a lot of things here. But they put LSU number five? <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, 
the good news is as incorrect as I believe that that ranking is, this should all still take care of itself over the next week or two. Like, you know, LSU is going to have to play Georgia if it gets past Texas A&M this week. And I think it will. Well, they're going to have to play Georgia anyway. Mm -hmm. That's already set. They're locked in. But if, if, if they beat Texas A&M, they've still got to play Georgia. So if they beat Georgia, then things will get interesting. But of course we know Georgia will still be top four at that point because the loss to the SEC will not count. And Georgia beats Georgia Tech therein. Like, I was thinking about this today. Georgia losing to Georgia Tech and LSU, which, again, 35-point favorite against Georgia Tech, currently 16- to 17-point favorite against LSU. The odds of Georgia losing outright to Georgia Tech and LSU, extremely, extremely long. But I think if you lose those both, Georgia would be gone. I'm not ready to say Georgia is 100% lock, but Georgia beats Georgia Tech. Georgia's a lock. Yes, I would agree with that. Unless they get absolutely blown out of the water by LSU in the SEC title game and a bunch of other teams went out. But even then, I don't think they're I, I think Georgia's one went away from being in for sure. Yeah, so Georgia at one. All right, so the, the, the committee's got LSU at five. So is this bad news for USC? Because I guess the other side, if we're going to like calm ourselves down from being outraged about that, um, USC, you just go take care of business against Notre Dame, a team that has now climbed up to number 15. You go and you win in the Pac-12 championship game against either a number nine Oregon, a number 13 Washington, or a number 14 Utah I mean, you are closing the season with top 20 win after top 20 win after top 20 win, and your only loss would be by one point on a walk-off two-point conversion. If you are a USC fan right now, do you just tell yourself that you can't get caught up in the outrage, not only because of what has to happen in Atlanta, but also the challenges that are still ahead? If you're a USC fan, I honestly think you need to root like hell for Texas A&M this week, and then you need to root like hell for Georgia in the SEC championship because, like you mentioned, USC plays Notre Dame this weekend. So if USC wins that game, we can't assume that it's going to pass LSU because this week, LSU last week was ranked sixth. USC was ranked seventh. LSU beat UAB. USC beat UCLA. On the road. LSU was bumped up a spot. USC was bumped up a spot. So from that metric, LSU's win over UAB was worth just as much to the committee as USC's win over UCLA. So if USC beats Notre Dame and LSU beats Texas A&M, can we be sure that they'll bump USC up over LSU? Because it seems that they really like LSU right now. If they are going to value conference championships at all, something that they declared prior to the very first college football playoff in 2014 was going to matter, was going to matter as much as head-to-head, was going to matter as much as strength of schedule, was going to be one of the four or five core tenets of ranking teams with a selection committee in college football, something that, especially with a small committee like this, had not been done before, then you have got 12-1 and USC has to be in at this point. I would imagine so, but <laughs> I don't know. I would logically, yes, but 
I, we can't really use logic when trying to figure out what the hell the committee is trying to do on a weekly basis. I, it's logically USC should be ahead of LSU right now. And again, I like, I don't question why the committee would have doubts about USC. Yeah. It beat UCLA. That's a big win, but it didn't blow them out. And it also has that questionable win against Oregon state earlier in the year. And if you look at its overall resume, like, Okay, Oregon State's ranked now, so that counts as a ranked win. UCLA is ranked now and still, but that counts as a ranked win. But they haven't been blowing teams out. So from that perspective, I get why there are doubts against about USC. It's just LSU has two losses. I know that they were against the number 10 and the number 16 team. But even though Tennessee's ranked 10th, it was a 27-point home loss. And we have seen in years prior where top teams lose by three or four scores they don't get to stay ranked number five, especially if they have two losses. So I don't know. Apparently beating Alabama is worth a ton as long as you don't lose to South Carolina. But but if you lose to the team that lost to South Carolina by 27 points, that's okay. But being Alabama is still worth a ton. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, because Alabama gets to be ranked seventh despite the fact that its best win this season is against number 21 or, uh, or number 20 Ole Miss. An Ole Miss team that is like bleeding out right now. An Alabama team that lost to the two best team it's two the best teams it's played, and it has one ranked win, gets to be number seven with two losses. Because it's Alabama, and that's all that matters. All right. So if you are the Clemson Tigers, you're sitting there at number eight. You are behind two loss LSU. You are behind two loss Alabama, and you have South Carolina on deck. You have who did not sneak into the top 25. I was curious if that was going to happen, though. I kind of thought they would, but you know what? <laughs> that would help Clemson, so they didn't do it. Well, Louisville got in there. That helps Clemson. Shout out to the cards who get in there at number 25. You get Scott Satterfield gets to uh, take that to the recruiting trail that you are in a edition an edition of the college football playoff top 25 rankings during the 2022 season. If you're the Clemson Tigers, do you think that 12 and one gets you to where you want to be? North Carolina better win this week. Um, I don't know. I, it's, I mean, again, this is, it's like, I don't have any questions why the committee is skeptical about Clemson. But they're very, very skeptical. And in my opinion, if Clemson goes 12-1 and and wins the ACC, which means it's beating the South Carolina team that just beat up your top 10 Tennessee team, it's beating a North Carolina team that you still have ranked, and then it will have... So it's got... 15, 16, and 25. Exactly. Then, yeah, a conference champion with three wins over top 25 teams should be in the playoff as long as there aren't four other undefeated teams. But I don't know. (laughs) I can't guarantee if I'm a Clemson fan, the fact that I'm still behind Alabama be concerning. But you would think that adding those two wins would be worth more than Alabama adding a win over Auburn. You would think, but we shouldn't assume. One of the statistics on the college football playoff uh, selection committee team sheets is not only your um, your your record of your opponents, but I believe also the record against record against teams with a winning record. Um, 
Right now, Auburn is five and six. They fall to five and seven. How much is that worth for Alabama? Um, by the way, the the tinfoil hats in the chat, shout out to all my tinfoil hats in the chat, said that Kirby and Georgia are going to do what they're told and lie down in the SEC championship game. No, they're not. While I am always here for hilarious, I don't think that would be hilarious. There's, there's absolutely, there is no way in hell. The thing they that would. I want is a like a true juggernaut. I like if if one team is going to be out there all season, well balanced offense, defense. I want them to enter the postseason as the alpha. And I would like Georgia to I would like Georgia to be thirteen and zero when the college football playoff starts. I'd like for them to be that team that everybody else is taking aim at. Because you hate LSU. I don't hate LSU, but I <laughs> just do say yes. Find, no, I do, <laughs> I do find that the quality of performance on a week-to-week basis across the sum of the 11 games that I have seen to be inconsistent and to be inconsistent far more often than what I've seen from Georgia, than what I've seen from not all of Ohio's, you know, like – Ohio State and Michigan are kind of about the same. If we're going to judge resume, the only difference is Ohio State's non-conference schedule, non-conference strength of schedule has a Notre Dame on it. Michigan's best non-conference win is UConn. Um, I believe that in terms of like, while the teams are built differently, they have each had games where they've been um, incredibly dominant. And I think that they've also each had games where it's been a little bit questionable. Now we, we're going to spend all week you know, looking at this Ohio State Michigan game, we already have here on the Cover Three podcast. They have a zero in the loss column. They're number two. They're number three. I just, I'm, I'm ready for them to play each other, and then we I, can talk about it. I will say, I don't. I, I think every team is inconsistent, except you. Once in a while, you get the rare team that isn't like 2019 LSU, and then we talk about it like it's the greatest team of all time. But I think Georgia has been inconsistent because there was the Kent State game, there was Missouri. the Mizzou game. And there was the Kentucky game. The difference in the inconsistency with Georgia and LSU to me is that Georgia didn't lose any of those games. And it's like inconsistency is fine. Everybody's going to have that. It's a college football. You know, every team from week to week, you cannot expect them to be firing on all cylinders. It just doesn't happen. It very rarely, very rarely happens. But LSU has been inconsistent and it's lost twice. And I feel to me, it's like when you lose – that's when I care about your consistency. You know what I mean? Like you can't like the one loss to Florida state to open the year. Crazy zany extra point at the end, lose by one point hilarious at the time could prove to be a huge deal now. But when you lose at home by 27, I know that game got off to a funny start. You know, you, you muff the kick. You had the turnover on your first possession, but you were at home against a team you were favored to beat. And you crap down your leg. You sh- that's not the kind of consistency I'm or inconsistency I'm willing to put up with. That to me is blowing your shot. And the fact that they still get a shot after doing that to me is just like, I don't know, it's egregious. Just my opinion. Mm. But expand the playoff, right? Yeah, expand it. So that way you can crap down your pants multiple times and still get a chance to do it again. As somebody who has crapped down his pants multiple times, I'm glad I got second chances. All right. <laughs> True, but if you crapped, if you failed, let me put it this way. This is college football, right? 
if the college football playoff is like an elite school and you fail a class your senior year of high school and you fail the class your junior year of high school, are you getting into that elite school when you apply? Probably not. Okay. Well, we should treat the playoff the same way. Or you like want the best. You get in and then you just check out. You know, the, they always come back after you get into college and they're like, hey, so like how'd the third quarter go? And you're like, oops. <laughs> I thought early admission meant binding and I didn't have to do anything anymore. <laughs> um, so when we're going to talk about the actual list, Georgia, yes. Ohio State, yes. Michigan, yes. TCU, yes. LSU, if if they do beat Georgia, and especially sitting here at number five, yes. USC, yes. That brings me to the next one. Alabama is the path there for the Crimson. No. I mean, the, a path exists theoretically, but it's a very improbable path that would require a bunch of really good teams who haven't lost just suddenly being incapable of winning a game. Because if you're Alabama right now and you're the seventh team and you're playing Auburn, how does that boost your resume? Because like you said, if you beat Auburn, Auburn is a five and seven team that didn't even go to a bowl game. It doesn't improve your resume in any matter. So how does that leap, you know, help you leap three spots to the number four seed? And just from a logical perspective, and again, this is the college football playoff. It's not really about logic, but from a logical perspective, if you aren't the best team in your division, what right do you have to be in a tournament to determine the best team in the country? Unfortunately, we have a history of teams not winning their division and not only making it to the college football playoff, but winning the Dagum National Championship. Mm -hmm. That, of course, was Alabama who did that. When Ohio State did not win its division but made the college football playoff, they were bounced in the semifinals. But we do have multiple uh, instances of a team not winning its division but making it to the college football playoff. None of those instances, however, involved two losses Correct. for that team. And they that Alabama team had plenty of resume wins. If, and this is not crazy considering the way that this game works, if Ole Miss loses on Thursday night, Alabama might not have a ranked team left on its resume. Ole Miss down at number 20 currently after losing its third game in the last four here in a little bit of a late season slide Can, for Lane Kiffin. Want to answer one question in the chat? Sure. Art, two best teams could be in the same division, Tom. True. And the second best team in that division can't be the best team in the country if it's not the best team in its division. It's pretty simple logic. Mm, that's right. You heard it here first from Tom Fernelli. Coming up on the other side, more of our takeaways from the updated college football playoff rankings next. One of the updates that we do have from the college football playoff rankings as it pertains to the New Year's Six is that race to be the highest ranked team from the group of five. Currently, Tulane at number 19, UCF at 22, Cincinnati at 24, UCF plays USF this weekend. They are heavily favored. I got to expect that the Knights win that game. 
but it would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. <laughs> Listen, the, but the but the Gus Malzahn ping pong effect says that after we've gone down, we've got to bounce back up. Yes, right? Correct. Okay. correct. So that means that Tulane and Cincinnati is a play in game. Is there any scenario where whether you are a, a UTSA who might be sitting right on the edge of this, where whether you might be a Coastal Carolina who might be, you know, number 29 if they were to extend this thing to number 35, do you see any scenario where the American Athletic Conference does not end up in the Cotton Bowl or whatever the um whatever the group of five spot is in the New Year Six? Uh yeah. I think that if Tulane or Cincinnati, the winner of that game gets in and then UCF beats that team. So then the American athletic conference champion is three losses. You could see a G five team come up and take that spot. Although I don't think it would be UTSA or coastal because I think the Sun Belt's the better division this year, but I think that just recognition, I think Boise state's got an outside chance to get in. Because Two losses right now, right? Eight and three right now, but it's eight undefeated three. in the Mountain West. It's going to get another. It's going to get Fresno in the title game. I don't think it's likely, but I don't think we can rule it out. I do think that the Group of Five team will be from the American in ninety nine percent of the time. But if it's not, I think Boise State's your best kind of bet to be somebody else. Boise State's been a wagon. That's just been our own personal enjoyment. Uh, mm-hmm. on the cup of in three conference guys. play, they they seem to take non conference games off. <laughs> But when they're playing the Mountain West, they are a wagon. Andy Avalos is the new Chip Kelly. He came from Oregon and he (laughs) brings that new mentality. Um, Is there anybody near the back of these rankings that give you pause in terms of uh, their inclusion in the top 25? Uh, Louisville, I'm not going to argue about number 25 being in there, but I, because they have been playing pretty well lately. I'm just kind of surprised that they're in there. Um, I don't know. Texas, I mean, they're in there. So I guess we've been wrong. I have I completely ignored the fact that Texas is there. So I'm sorry, Alabama, you have two ranked wins. So Texas needs to play every game like it just got disrespected, and then it would be fine. That's the problem is they get too much respect. <laughs> can we, they played can we, so angry against Kansas. I don't even think we talked about that on the reaction show, did we? They put a, Did we? No. Yeah, they put 55 on the board, and they played bad, and they were, yeah. like, rubbing Kansas's face in it. Kansas trotted Jalen Daniels out there. We thought Jalen Daniels might be done for the year. This was supposed to be the, like, oh, Jalen Daniels is back. Uh-oh, Texas was in trouble. Point spread was, like, around nine or so. I mean, not saying that it was going to be a coin flip, but certainly not 55 on the scoreboard for the Longhorns. Um I I would say that is I use this phrase a lot in the tomorrow's top twenty five today the piece on cbssports.com I call it sticker shock you know especially for people who don't act like they don't watch they just sort of cruise the scoreboard and go whoa kind of feel like Texas might have gotten some sticker shock bump right there you know going back to what you were saying earlier I think you're right about Louisville I think it is just a favor to Clemson because mm-hmm. first of all. It's funny that there are two four-loss teams in the rankings, and one of them is Texas, which you could, you know, if you were to guess which four-loss team would be ranked at any point, it would be Texas because it's Texas. But Louisville being the other four-loss team when it's got a 24-point loss to Syracuse, a close loss to Florida State, a close loss to Boston College, and got blown out by Clemson but has no wins over ranked teams. 
sneaking in at number 25. UCF. Oh, it's true. Beat UCF. Yep. 20 and 14 early in the year. So it's got to win over a ranked team, a terrible loss, a blowout loss, and two, two score, three score losses. Like that's just a favorite of Clemson. That's got to be it. When you are scanning the four loss teams in the country, I think there are other options you could have made over Louisville, but we do know that this uh, CFP selection committee liked NC State. They liked NC State more than the AP poll. They liked NC State more than the coaches poll. They left NC State ranked last week, so beating NC State clearly got the attention of the selection committee. And again, like you're not going to see Louisville get ahead of UCF down there at number 22, but... That's that is a team that it does have a victory in, even if it was from earlier in the season. Can I can I pick your brain then? Sure. I'm gonna rank I'm gonna name off power five four lost teams, and I want you to tell me if you think they're better than Louisville, okay? Better NC than State. or deserve like better than a, better okay. than just better than like team. better or deserving, whatever you want. You can tell me what okay. you think. NC State. No. Wake Forest. Yes. Though Louisville yeah. uh yeah, it, in a vacuum, I'm gonna say, even though Louisville won, I understand, but there were eight turnovers in one daggum quarter. In a vacuum, I would still pick Wake again, even though Louisville won. So Louisville deserves to be ranked more. Yes. Okay, Louisville, fine. Pitt. Louisville. Duke. Louisville. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State now or Oklahoma State 1984? <laughs> <laughs> Madison reference right there. Uh, Jack Nicholson now or um, Oklahoma State now? Louisville. Iowa. Iowa. Purdue. Mm. Toss up. Illinois. Illinois. Minnesota. Oh, Louisville. Yeah. Okay. Good. At least we're on the same page there. Uh, how many more are there? I'm sorry. This is a great. This is great podcasting right here. Uh, Washington State. I'll give that edge to Louisville. How about a South Carolina team that just beat a top ten team by thirty? I might take South Carolina. Yeah. How about a seven and four Mississippi State team? I'm just saying, I think the point, the very long point is one win over UCF seems to go a long way for Louisville. Hey, I understand that Minnesota has good, like, opponent-adjusted metrics. And at one point, you know, they were, like, soaring off with their offensive and defensive efficiency. But that's 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 not the best four-loss team in the country. I don't think so, but... I thought we said it was fraud stomp Saturday. We got to get the gophers out of here. <laughs> computer tricking gophers. I'll tell you what. PJ Fleck tapes bowl practices and he tricks the computers. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. That's that true. run efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no. I mean, I wanted to be mad like that Florida State is ranked ahead of North Carolina, 
But I cannot be mad that Florida State is ranked ahead of North Carolina because if the two of them played right now, Florida State would probably wipe the floor with them. Oh, no, no, no. I would not take wipe the floor at all. I think that North Carolina deserves to be punished for blowing a 17 to nothing lead at home to Georgia Tech. From a rankings perspective, you, you, can, you do not have the same position as a Florida State team that is surging at this point in the season. Like that... When you are splitting hairs, and that's what happens when you're dealing with this portion in the rankings, mm-hmm. you're like, you are literally trying to like slot these against each other. Anybody who has to fill out ballots, you have to fill out a ballot. I have to fill out a ballot. You end up with teams on the same tier. You end up with like six teams that you're like, I don't know. They're all the same to me. And you have to find reasons to slot one ahead of the other. And the one that has won four games in a row and seems to be playing its best football right now is going to win a tiebreaker against the team that just blew a 17 to nothing lead against unranked Georgia Tech on its third string quarterback. Yeah. But maybe Georgia Tech's backup coach and third string QB were the best options available all along, and now Georgia Tech's just better. That really makes you think. It makes you think. (laughs) Oh, man. I love this big, dumb sport with all of my heart. (laughs) It is the dumbest sport. It's amazing. I love it. It is is the dumbest sport. It's amazing, and I love it. All right, so (laughs) tomorrow, Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern time, that is where we're going to have our rivalry week locks. Week 13 locks, 11 a.m. Wednesday. So make sure you adjust your calendars. Make sure you come and join us uh, for a slightly earlier Thanksgiving edition of the Locks pod. Of course, we will be back with you after that on Saturday, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll not call this a lock, but I'll make it a bold prediction here in the final minutes of this uh, this here podcast. I don't think that Lane Kiffin is going to step down on Friday and arrive at the Iron Bowl on Saturday. So the fact that he took a pic of his sweatpants made me laugh. <laughs> I mean, if there's any coach in the country who would do it. It would be him. It would be Lane. Yeah, well... If, if there's any coaching news on Friday, uh, we'll, Tom and I are going to be on CBS Sports HQ for the 11 a.m. pregame hour. So come and hang out, CBS Sports HQ, on the CBS Sports app, cbssportshq.com, previewing the entire day and the entire weekend as well. So uh, we'll be around breaking it down. Again, Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern time for your Week 13 locks. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.